very because I was raised Catholic, I was super skeptical. That's probably the that was the okay. hardest thing that I had to get over was the was the skepticism okay. and the belief. And I, I always believed that I'd always believed in God. Right. I just didn't know all the details. Yeah. I never knew had any of the details. So I after before my experience, I was very matter of fact. Mm -hmm. um, this is what's in the Bible. This is what is true. And there's nothing else besides that. Right. Well, after I had my experience and I got back, my mind was just blown open with mm -hmm. the reality of there is so much more that we forget when we come here. So I just became not religionistic, but much more spiritually based. Um, you got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing and wonderful to be with you all again. And as I say on my shows, please remember if you're liking the shows, please share them with your friends and uh, press that like button, subscribe button, leave us a comment and all that good stuff. It helps the algorithms share the shows. A couple of you leave a comment every time and I just want to thank you so much for doing that. You listen to me and you leave a comment even if you just say, great show, before you even watch it. Thank you for leaving your comments. This is on YouTube. I'm actually uploading the shows now to various platforms and it's on many audio platforms. Well, today you might recognise John. He's been on many other podcast shows. We're going to explore the afterlife because John has had an extensive NDE. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you for having me, Karen. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, it's beautiful. I was telling John, we've been yakking for a while now before I press the recording. I was telling John that I was on Jeff Myers' podcast recently and um, I just love what Jeff's doing and he's getting so many views and I'm just loving it, just seeing that this conversation is spreading throughout the world and there are many other shows doing the same thing. But I, I looked and I thought, I wonder who's had the most views on Jeff's show. So I looked because it's an op option you can do on YouTube and I found John and I thought, oh, let me watch John and you're um, you know, your you're amazing experience, just incredible, important experience. And I wanted to share your experience on my show. I do it very differently to Jeff. I ask a lot of questions. I inject stories. You know, Jeff just lets the people speak. So if you like that sort sure. of thing, go watch Jeff's show. <laughs> if you want a bit more in-depth and I'm very curious, uh, and then I have my own guys that speak to me and um, tell me things. So it's a different way that we do things here. But let me read John's bio. He sent me a bio. It's a beautiful bio. Explains a little bit about your experience, John. When John was 21, he died while having surgery and was proclaimed dead for around seven minutes of Earth's time. Rather than seeing a light and going through a tunnel, he was immediately transported to another realm where we as souls can experience after this earthly life adventure. John was shown this realm and saw an individual who recently crossed over meet his guides and departed loved ones. 
he was given a tour of beautiful buildings, places and gardens and a peek into what is called the Akashic Records. John's guide, who named himself Alan, took him on a once-in-a-lifetime adventure showing John a place we can call our real home with amazing detail and clarity. John was given a tour of what it's like in this place and what we can do while we are there. He explored a realm where souls study Earth's history, viewed the vastness of the cosmos, and he saw how we continue to learn and grow as souls in other amazing ways. John's NDE included information about afterlife activities, our beloved pets on the other side, and how we all plan lives before we come to Earth. And, okay, so I'm going to take it away. Well, you have said it all. <laughs> well, it's in your bio. But there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of parts. There's a lot of parts that I want to explore. Like, yeah, there's just – but for people that haven't heard your story before – do you want to share with us, you know, what happened from the beginning? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you how this whole thing started. I was 21 and I was riding a moped or a scooter and I made a right turn and there was a squirrel sitting right in the middle of the road. So I tried to turn to avoid hitting him and he every time I turned, he turned in the direction of where I was going. So I, I ended up hitting and slamming into a tree. And I tore the the tendons off my right off my right hand, and I I had to go in for surgery. I had never had surgery before, so the day of the surgery I go in, and they're going to give me the anesthesia. So they insert the needle. I can feel the anesthesia going in, and I had an allergic reaction to the anesthesia, and it stopped my heart, and I was actually clinically dead just like you just like you read for seven minutes and that's how it started I keep should I just keep going and tell you okay so the very next second it seemed like it was just a matter of seconds I was standing in the most beautiful building I, I I've ever seen it was extraordinarily large it was it was a building that went it was a corridor like this huge corridor that went down is, and I couldn't even see the end. It was so long. And I, my first thought was, I had no idea the hospital was this big. I thought I was still back in the operating room, but I wasn't. I was in this building and for your audience to understand what this looked like, there's a temple in Turkey and it's called the Temple of Artemis. And from the outside of that temple, it looks identical to what I saw in my experience. So if you want to go look it up, um, feel free, because that's what it looked like. To the right of me were these columns, beautiful, tall, white marble columns. Again, all the way down as far as you could see. In the middle of this corridor were tables, marble tables. Everything I saw was beautiful, white, pristine marble. And every one of these tables had two people sitting at them. I didn't know who they were. And so I just, I just went, I just went with this, this whole experience. I didn't know where I was. So all the way down were these people sitting at these tables. To the left, if you can picture this, were these tunnels 
or doorways that looked like they had been cut out of marble. Absolutely perfect, perfect rectangles cut out of marble. And again, as far down as you could see, these tunnels were next to these tables and the columns were to the right. Right about this time, I heard in my left ear, my name is Alan, I'm your spirit guide. Because I had no idea what any of this was, so I just went with it. And as I progress through this and tell you my story, I am being told by my guide what I'm seeing and what I'm looking at. So he was able to share with me everything that I saw. And what he did first, he took me to the outside of every one of these buildings first to show me what it looked like. And then he took me inside to see what was on the inside of the building. So I'll be able to describe to your audience what things looked like. So anyway, where I was, I was in the orientation center. And what's so different about my experience, and I still to this day don't know why my experience was so detailed. I have, I have no idea why, but it, it was. The normal near-death experience that you hear about is about a person who is, there's some kind of an accident or they're having surgery and they die and they go up above their bodies. They look down and they can see themselves. And then they're aware of a tunnel. And at the end of the tunnel is a white light. Well, that's normally how these situations progress. For some reason, I bypassed that. And I was, I, went, I was transported to the other side of that light. What the other side is, when people walk into the light, they end up in the orientation center and they go through the tunnels. These tunnels, these doorways are somehow, I don't know if they're wormholes or, or what they are, but they're, they're the transportation that you take from the earth to the other side. It's what your soul goes down when you leave this lifetime. Well, anyway, I was told that the people that are there are orientation counselors. All the, their whole job is to orientate people back to the other side. Because for some reason, we forget why we, where we're really from when we come into a lifetime. We don't remember the other side. So what happened is he told me these people are orientation counselors. He told me to go look in one of the tunnels. So I walked up and I looked in the one that was right next to me. And it was, it looked like I was looking into space. I could see stars, I could see galaxies and I could see planets. It was absolutely magical. And he said, look at the next tunnel. So I looked up and I looked at the next tunnel and there was a man coming through the tunnel. He was, he was elderly. Um, he lived a long life. He was 80 or 90, and he had his right hand over his heart like he was having pain. And my guide said he died from a heart attack. So what happened is he stepped through the counselor. She stood up, and I could. she was wearing a beautiful kind of a peach-looking gown. She stood up, and she walked over to him. She took her hands in her hands and she led him back down to the table and they sat down and they sat down across from each other and she never let his hands go. She held his hands the whole time. Well, I could see her talking to him 
but I was too far away to hear what she was saying. But I could hear her talking and my guide said, said, watch him. So I, I looked at him and all of a sudden he began to change. He changed from an elderly man into a young man in his thirties, right in front of my eyes. And my guide said, we are all in our thirties on the other side. He didn't tell me why, it's just that for some reason we are in our thirties. Well, as she was talking to him, I, he told me that we can take on the appearance of anything we want to appear as, but on the other side, most of us appear in our thirties. What, what happened next was even just so remarkable. He stood up and he walked to his right. He went past the columns and there were three steps down into what are called the gardens. Well, what happens after you go through the tunnel and you have this little orientation with the counselor, you have what's called a reunion. And I could see this and, and what it is, is everybody who's crossed before you and everybody who's on the other side who knew you on their other side is there to congratulate you. Because coming to Earth, this, it's a big deal. Earth is considered to be the hardest of all the planets. So when you, when you finish a lifetime here, it's a really big deal when you get back to the other side. And this man must have had, I don't know, hundreds of people there to, to, to congratulate him on his finishing his lifetime. And it was extraordinary to see. Probably the most extraordinary part about this aspect of it was what it looked like. I can't even begin to describe what these gardens looked like, but the grass, it's all grass and it's the, it's the greenest grass you can ever imagine, like emerald green, it was beautiful. And the flowers and the trees, everything was perfectly manicured. It'd be like looking at an English garden it was absolutely just, just gorgeous. So I watched him have a reunion. And then what happened after this is my guide took me to these different places. And what I can equate this to is like being on a college campus where all the buildings are in the same area. You've got your history building, your English building. It was, it was kind of like that, but I was only shown this small part of the other side. But the part that I was in that he showed me was the place of learning. And on the other side, there was a huge interest in continuing your knowledge, continuing your growth. And that's why we come here too to earth is to learn and to grow. But on the place where he took me, it just seemed like I was in the area where you go, where you wanna learn more. So that was the first, that was the very first thing he took me to was this temple. Then. He took me to another building. It was a rectangle and it had columns out front again, beautiful white marble columns. And then he took me inside and the inside looked like a round theater, kind of like we have, if you go to a, like the Disneyland or you go to Epcot Center, you'll see a round, it's kind of like a round inside room. This is what this room looked like. But on the top, there were these movie screens they were all around in a circle, right up above me, like a, as if you were in a theater. And all of a sudden, 
the screens all turned on at the same time. And what they were, what they were showing were aspects of my life, this life, when I was younger, because I was 21 when this happened. So every screen that I looked at, one screen, show, one screen showed me as a little baby. The next screen showed me as a toddler. The next screen showed me when I went to elementary school and all these different things were playing at the same time. And my guide said, this is what a life review is like. Because when we finish our lifetimes, we all, and you've probably heard this before, that we have a life review. And the whole reason for a life review is really to see if we accomplish the things that we set out to accomplish for ourselves. And nobody judges this. It's not judged by God. No one judges this. You're the only one, you and your guide, look at your life and see what you, if you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish. Well, it only showed on these screens up to my current, where I was currently. It didn't show me anything in the future. So it only showed the parts of my life that I had already lived. And, now, and that's what I found that was part of the life review. Well, the next building he took me to, again, looked very similar to the one I was just in. But there, apparently there is another, another place you go to do, and when, when they call, look, you can look at your past lifetimes. So the place he took me to next, again, was a beautiful marble building. Inside was a round room. But this time there was only one screen, just like what we go to look at a movie theater here in our time. We just have one screen. That's what this one looked like. And again, it just started playing like a movie. And I could see myself, I had, they showed me three different lifetimes. One was, I was a monk and I had a red robe on and I had a shaved head. And my job was to teach the kids in this monastery. The other lifetime they showed me was a, a peddler. I had a wheelbarrow and my job was to fix people's shoes in this community, in this town. So I had a wheelbarrow and I pushed people's shoes around. I took them back to my shop, I fixed them and I brought them back to their houses and where they lived. So that was that life. And the other one that they showed me was of a fisherman. I had a little, a little wooden boat and I had nets. And my job in that lifetime was to catch fish for the village. And, and I was, somebody I want to interject when I got to this point, I was raised a Catholic. And being Catholic, we had never talked about anything like past lifetimes. It, it just didn't exist. Everything was so much fear-based. And I was, I was raised going to church three or four times a week. We went all the time and then on Sundays. So I was indoctrinated with everything with Catholicism. Well, I didn't believe any of this. Well, when I got back, well, I'll, when I got back to um, my life, once I got from the other side, I went to see a hypnotherapist because I didn't believe that I could see past lifetimes. Well, sure enough, when I had that regression, I realized past lifetimes really are real. And I think I did that because it was really hard for me to believe that that was something that was that really happened, but it is. It's it's. So if you ever want to go to a hypnotherapist to see them, you can definitely see them. It's it's a it's a great a great tool. 
So after that, I saw these lifetimes. Then he took me to another building and this one was round. It was a round building and it had a dome on top. And it was, I can't really explain how large these were. The scale of these buildings was just enormous. It had columns around it, just in a circle, beautiful, beautiful architectural design. When I walked inside, he showed me, took me to a table where there were two scrolls. And have you ever seen like papyrus scrolls that are rolled up and they're rolled up when they have ribbons around them? That's what this looked like. For some reason, there were two scrolls on this table. And I knew that these were scrolls about my lifetime. Well, I walked over and I picked up the one that had a blue ribbon around it and I, un and I untied the ribbon and I took my hands and I folded out the scroll. And as I looked at it, I could see black lettering. And what it looked like was, do you remember calligraphy? When you took the ink pen, you had to take the pen, dip it in the ink and then write. That's how it looked. Well, when I went down to try to read what was on this the scroll, it folded back up again. And I wasn't able to read what was on there. And the reason is, if you know what you plan for in your lifetime, you may not fulfill what you were trying to accomplish. You may not be able to, you won't pass that test. Because we put a test in there for all of our lives. And we come into, uh, into life to learn and to grow and to experience and to also try to help people. So for some reason, I mean, I don't know how they do it, but when you come into a lifetime, you somehow have amnesia and you don't remember the other side. Some people do. I'm sure you've probably met, met people in Sydney or people on your show who've had recollections of that. But normally, for the most part, we don't. So I wasn't able to read the scroll. Here's another part that was absolutely phenomenal. And again, at the time, I didn't know the significance of this until I got back. He took me to an area. Again, it looked like a gigantic, enormous library. And it looked like Britannica or Encyclopedia Britannica's. They were all the same color. And they had, they had writing on the binding. But what it was, instead of going on horizontal, the writing went vertical from top down. And it was in gold letters. And he took me to what I could see in the book was called Nina, N-I-N-A. He told me that everybody has a soulmate. And this place is where you would go to read about that person's book of life. Everybody has a soulmate. And not normally when you come into a lifetime, your soulmate doesn't come with you. And same thing when, when they come into a lifetime, you don't normally go with them either. But the point was that on the other side, God created us with a perfect mate. So and that's what the soulmate is. The soulmate is your perfect mate. And a lot of people have asked me, well, do we get to, do we find that person in life? And normally the answer is no, because they don't normally come in with you. So that was the building he showed me where we, and for some reason, 
I, and I don't know why, we go to this building with our guides to plan our lifetimes. And we actually write down on those scrolls what we want to accomplish. And it's very detailed. You, what, what your name is going to be, what country are you going to grow up in, what language are you going to learn, what are you going to do for a living? Are you going to have a career path? What are you going to do? Are you going to have kids? And all of these things are laid out in the chart. So it's very purposeful. It's not just a random accident. There really is a way that you design your lifetime. And we do that before we come in. Okay. The next place he took me to, the outside looked like an enormous um, stadium the biggest stadium you could possibly imagine, but even even bigger than that. So we walked in and there were thousands and thousands of seats in this stadium and all the lights were on. And I was the only one there with my guide. Well, this is the first time that somebody else spoke to me besides my, my spirit guide, Alan. And what I was in was on the other side, what they call a planetarium. And I'm sure you've probably been in one. It's the planetariums where you go in and they have that rounded ceiling. And you can look at constellations, they show planets, things like that on the ceiling. Well, the man that was behind me, he said, let's begin. The lights went off and I, and I just sat down and I looked up at the ceiling. And he said, when you look at the stars, meaning people on earth, when you look at the stars, this is what you see. And he showed the Milky Way galaxy, then Uranus, Jupiter, Neptune, Mars, Saturn, all of our solar system showed up on the ceiling. Then it disappeared. Then this man said, when we look at the stars, meaning people on the other side, this is what we see. And all of a sudden, planet after planet after planet, first there was just a few, then there were dozens, then thousands, and then millions of planets. And he said, there is far more life in the universe than you possibly know. And what I found out from that was that Earth, it's not the only planet that we can have lifetimes on. There are virtually, it's unlimited in terms of where you can go. And that just blew my mind. I, I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want to be here. I want to be where these other planets are and see what it's like and experience that. And, and people have asked me through the years, did you get a chance to see architecture, civilization? And, and I didn't because the, the, the view that they showed me was as if I was looking at it from orbit. So I couldn't really see any of the details. And that part was probably one of my most favorite aspects of my experience was knowing that we have other lifetimes and the other planets aren't as hard as this. And they told me that there are many who don't want to come to Earth because it is so hard. And there are just a lot of things that people have to go through here. The loss of a child, relationship break breakups, divorce, bankruptcy, all these things that are really difficult to go through. But we actually choose choose all the aspects of our life to learn. So that, just, that was something I thought was just amazing to hear that the earth 
is the hardest of all the planets and learning and knowledge goes on for eternity. We are eternal beings with God. There's never an end and there's never an end to knowledge. In this place that I was taken to on the other side had that feeling that there is, there is no end of knowledge. Knowledge is eternal. All right, so that was what I call the stadium. The next place he took me to is what you alluded to earlier. And, and I, I never heard this term before, but apparently where he took me to was called the Akishic Records. It was a, a library. Again, he took me to the outside and the outside looked like the Supreme Court building. I don't know if you've ever seen that here, but um, it's a building with a, with a triangular roof, the, what you would think of as being the, the quintessential architecture of Greece. It had the marble columns out front and it had probably 50 or 60 stairs that you had to walk up to get to the platform of this building. And again, the, the scale, I, I can't even describe it because when I looked down the side, I couldn't see an end. This building was just enormous. So just like the rest of them, he showed me the outside and then took me inside. And I realized, okay, now this is a library. And this is the first time where I could see other people. And they look just like we do. The only difference is that they tend to, they tend to wear tunics or robes. And I saw in my mind, why do they wear this kind of clothing? And my guide said, because it's the most comfortable. But that's not what people wear only. I saw people wearing jeans and a t-shirt. It's however they want to appear. And this, this library was uh, just bustling, people talking, reading, researching. And it was a library that contained everything you could ever possibly want to know was in this library. It was fantastic. Well, in this library, my guide took me to, on the left-hand side, there were rooms, kind of like a modern library that we have. There are study rooms off to the side. That's what this looked like. And there were rooms all the way down the side of the building. He took me to one of them, and there was a woman. She had jet black hair that went down to her waist, and her back was towards me, and she was sitting on a couch and she was looking at what we would call today as a flat screen TV. Well, back when this happened to me, we didn't even have flat screen TVs. We had these big, big television sets that, that you couldn't mount on a wall. They were just too large. Well, what she was watching, she was watching a battle that took place in the United States 200 years to go between the Native Americans, the Plains tribes, and the US Cavalry. And my guide said she was watching a time in history that occurred on Earth. And I thought to myself, how was that possible? Because we didn't have video, video back then. We didn't have even have cameras really back then. How was it possible? And he said to me, everything gets recorded. And that just blew my mind because I, I don't understand how that happens. When I was in the life review building, it was like watching a movie of my life. And that's what we all see. We all, we all see like a movie of our lifetimes. 
and again I, it's some kind of a god thing i don't know how that how it's how it happens but it's a it's definitely a god thing and my guide didn't explain to me any of the details about how this worked just that it does so you can go into these rooms and you can look at any particular type any particular time period in history and you can learn well not just that not only do you have the ability to watch something on the screen watch history there's a there are places on the other side that you go where you can actually step into history and experience it nobody can see you but you can step into for example a, a, a time period of World War II. And you could actually go into that time period and see what it was like. And I thought that was absolutely phenomenal because on the other side, people love to learn. Just like we do here, you wanna to continue to challenge yourself, to learn, to grow and to develop. That's what we do on the other side also. That's why all of these things, this, this whole place where I was, was talking about learning and knowledge and developing because that never ends. We learn forever. Well, the next, after this, um, he took me to the outside of this building and, and it, it was a castle. It was a castle just like you would see in England or France back in the medieval times. And I looked at it, it was absolutely beautiful. All these buildings were just beyond description, how gorgeous they were. Well, this building was a castle built out of stone, just like it was back then. And what I found out was everything that's on earth was first created on the other side. So, they, so the buildings of that you see in Greece or Rome, those buildings came from people who remembered the other side remembered various aspects of it well on the other side because there's such an emphasis on learning and knowledge these buildings are on the other side and the reason is for learning so what he was showing me that if you wanted to learn about a particular time of earth's history like medieval europe you can go to this place on the other side and you can see what the what the architecture looked like and that's where he took me to a time in medieval England where they had these castles. So I walked in and if you can imagine what it looks like in a British castle today with beautiful red carpet throughout the whole floor of this castle. And to my left, there was this huge wall and on the wall were these paintings, life-size paintings. And what they were, they were paintings of the kings and the queens and the royalty who lived in this castle. And it had a picture, or they, the paintings were what they looked like and what they wore. In front of these pictures, there was a podium. And on top of the podium was a book. And the book contained everything about that person's life that you would ever want to know. So if you wanted to learn about medieval England, you would go to this castle, you could see their picture on the wall, and you could actually read about them. And here's what just blew my mind. As you're flipping through these books, and they're, they're thick books of a person's lifetime, they actually record conversations. And that, so it, all of it is somehow 
even conversations you have on earth are recorded in these different books. Just absolutely amazed me. Well, as I was standing there, I looked off to my right and you know how castles had those spiral staircases? There was a woman who was coming down the spiral staircase. And as she walked across the floor, she could see me. She walked up to me and she said, can I help you find anything? And you know what, Karen? I said the stupidest thing you could ever imagine. I said, no thanks, I'm just looking. Like what you say when you walk into a retail store. That's what you say to people, I'm just looking. I could have asked this girl anything and I, I just didn't think to ask anything at all. Well, my guide told me that her job on the other side is she is like what we would consider to be a scholar. She loved that particular time of Earth's history. So if you wanting to go learn about that type of history would go to this castle and you could ask her anything about that time period. She knew all about the kings, the queens, everybody. And again, it was for knowledge. So everybody on the other side actually has things that they love to do. And usually what it is, is the gift that God gave us whether you were given the gift of writing or language or acting or construction, architecture, all of us have gifts. And on the other side, a lot of our time is spent developing those gifts, working on the things that we love to do. Here on earth, the difference is that when you're here on this planet, there's a whole structure of economics and you have to earn money to pay for things. You gotta pay your rent, you gotta pay your mortgage or utilities or car insurance, all that. Well, that doesn't exist on the other side. You simply do the thing on the other side that you love to do. And here's something that they showed me in kind of in a panorama. Anything that you wanna do, you can do. Everything that you do here on earth, you can do on the other side but it's hundreds of times better. If you wanna hike in nature, if you wanna to go to the ocean, if you wanna study, if you want to play sports, everything is available. And the bodies that we have, they look just like ours, but they're made of, the only thing I could think of is they're made of light and energy, but it's very, very condensed, very strong. So the bodies we have there, are much stronger and durable than they are here. Because on earth, we deal with aging, you have cancer, you've got different diseases, these different things that happen to the body, but that doesn't exist on the other side. There is no cancer there. We, our bodies are perfect. The other thing about the other side that I thought was so extraordinary, it doesn't have the same kind of parameters and the, and the same kind of activities that we have on earth. The problem with earth is that you still have a lot of hunger. You still have greed. You have war. You have homelessness. All these things here. And I was told that there are really two reasons why we come here. The first one is to learn. We want to learn lessons to experience and to grow. 
But the second reason is to try to help make a difference, to try to help humanity, to try to make your life mean something to others while you're here. And that's what I realized, that's kind of what Jesus taught. Don't judge, try to make a difference, try to help people. So that was that was the library. It was it was just an extraordinary to see that and to know that you can learn anything you want to learn. One thing I want to do when I get back is I want to go and watch D-Day in June of World War II when the Allies invaded Normandy. I would like to see what that was like. I, I think that would just be an extraordinary thing to have lived through. And anything you want to do, you can go and see. It's amazing. Well, the next thing he took me to was our animals. And God, with so much love, he created animals as companions for us. And animals also make the transition to the other side, just like we do. I could see he showed me two of my cats that I had when I was a kid. They both died of cancer. They were, they were elderly cats. They died of cancer, but they were young again and happy and healthy. And when you get back to the other side, you're with your animals again. So you're, anytime you lost a pet, they're there and they're waiting until you come back. And that, that was just such a, that alone made me just wanna cry because we all get attached to our animals and you just, it's the hardest thing when you lose them. And sometimes losing your animals is even harder than losing people but our animals are there and they make the transition just like we do. Okay, here's the last part. Alan, my guide, took me to a field. And this field, the, the, the flowers and the fields and the outdoors are so beautiful. I have never been able to adequately really describe how gorgeous they are but he took me to this field and it was a wildflower field with beautiful flowers, greens and reds and purples and yellows. And then my guide left, he just, he just left. And I was standing there by myself. All of a sudden, a man appeared right in front of me, about two feet in front of me. And I knew it was Jesus. And he, I could see his hands, I could see his shoulders, I could see his legs. He was wearing a white robe with a golden sash around it and golden sandals that laced up his calves all the way to the knee. But I could not see his face. His face was different than everybody else I saw. His face looked like it was so much light coming from his face that I couldn't make out his features. I couldn't see him, but I knew it was Jesus. And he spoke to me and he said, you must tell them there is no death. And I knew that what he was talking about is I'm supposed to tell people that there is no death. Every time I meet someone here on earth, my job is to share my experience and to let people know that there is no death. Because my experience, everything they showed me wasn't just for me. It was for me to share and to give that to everybody I possibly could. And so that's how it ended. And the very second when he said, you must tell them there is no death, just like that, I was back in the hospital room. And the strangest thing 
Karen, about this is that it took me a day and a half to realize what had actually happened. My mom told me she had read one of Raymond Moody's books. I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Raymond Moody, but he was the first one. He wrote a book called Life After Life, and it came out in 1975. When I had my experience, nobody was talking about near-death experiences. It wasn't even a thing back then. So I had no idea what had happened. Well, that was one of the reasons that I mentioned earlier that I went to see a past life to do a past life regression because I wanted to see if it was really real. And that's when I knew that, oh my gosh, I saw heaven or I saw the other side. They like to call it the other side. The Bible calls it heaven. Some people call it the afterlife, but it's actually real. There is so much hope and encouragement my experience gave me that I can't wait to get back. And all of us have so much hope, so much. It's just the most wonderful thing you could possibly imagine what it's like. When you finish your lifetime, it's not the end. You try your best, you do your best here, and then you go back home again. Earth is definitely not our home. The other side's our real home. And that was my, that was my experience. I know it's, wow. I didn't mean to talk so long, but it's kind of, it's Darling kind of long. One. It's a, I, it's a wonderful, it's wonderful. And of course I have millions of questions, <laughs> millions sure. of questions. Absolutely. I, I wrote down the questions as you were talking, cause I didn't want to interrupt you. I just thought, just tell your story again in its entirety. Cause it's just, you know, we could hear it over and over and over again. Uh, you know, what's so amazing. The, the most amazing thing is that people have asked me, did you come back with any gifts? Like any, do you have any extra abilities? And I didn't. But the one thing I came back with is 100% recall of everything that I saw. And I think that's something God did. Let me have that recall so that I could share it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You've already answered many questions that I already had, uh, which is why do you think that you, you, you wanted to share it? Let me go back. Where are we? Let me go back to the questions I started with as you we were talking uh, when did you decide to start speaking publicly? Like how many years ago? How many years after the NDE? Oh, you, you know what? It, it occurred to me, I was 21. So it was 1987. Mm -hmm. And I, I just told people as I, acquaintances, people that mm -hmm. I, I knew from work, um, I would volunteer at hospice and I would tell the patients, you know, I, I had an experience happen. Do you want to hear about it? Mm -hmm. And they always said yes. So I was I was always sharing it through hospice. Yeah. But nice. I realized that um, I had the idea of putting my experience on Facebook. I think it was about three or four years ago. I thought, you know ah. what? If I'm supposed to if I'm supposed to share this, maybe I can share it on Facebook. So I wrote the whole thing out, and after I after I um, published it. I started getting calls or okay. I'm, I'm not calls, but e emails, yeah. just like, just like you people emailing me saying, Hey, I would love to have you on my show. I, I would love to hear your story. So that's how it really all started in terms of it getting more popular and be on YouTube and different podcasts. There you go. God bless Facebook. Yeah. So that was only a yeah. few years ago. Wow. All right. Yeah. So Okay, so you shared it in hospice, but you really hadn't, because you've done a lot of podcast shows, like 
and so you've been busy in the last few years. You've been busy. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't realize that, but I, I. You have, yeah. Have you connected with Alan yeah. after coming back into your body? You know what? I have not. The only thing that has ever happened to me that you could say was a paranormal or a spiritual experience was when my wife's dad died. Mm-hmm. The day that his, the day that her dad died, he came to me in a dream, and he said to me, he said, "Please tell my family I'm okay." Mm. And I woke up my wife and I said, "Sherry, your dad just came to me. He he said he made it. He's okay." And that was seven years ago. But other than that, I have never had any other experiences that you would think would be outstanding like that. I was the only one. Yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yet. Yes, I'm, I, I'm, a, I, I, I'm wondering in your hypnosis, did you connect with Alan or see Alan or feel his presence? Because I know that you had said that you never looked at Alan. You never saw what he looked like. You heard him speaking to you and you correct. knew that was a presence there. Did you see or feel yep. anything in your hypnosis? No. All I did, it was the, when it was so amazing because when I went to see this hypnotherapist, it was like, I could see it. It was like watching a movie on my forehead mm-hmm. and I could see what these lifetimes were like. Yeah. And that's when I really realized, oh my gosh, it is true. We do have different lifetimes and we don't have to, nobody makes us come here. We come here just of our own free will to learn. And something that was really, was really something amazing to me is there's no time on the other side. Mm-hmm. It's a concept that we have here on earth. It's linear mm-hmm. on the other side. And I, when you come into a lifetime here on the other side, it's like two months and you could live to be 80 or 90. So when people always say, well, do my loved ones miss me when they've crossed? Well, they do, but it's different for them. For them, it's only a matter of weeks or months until you get back but for us here, 80 or 90 years is a long time, but that's not the case for them. So it's, it's different. Well, uh, from my understanding, from speaking to many people over the years and also from asking my guides, because people tell me their story and then I ask my guides to expand on it and they do, uh, is, oh, that, is that um, we are there and here simultaneously as you said there's no linear time so when you said do your do your loved ones miss you when they're on the other side you're there with them we're never separate i didn't know that yeah there is no such thing as separation the next question i wanted to ask you one of the questions how do you know that alan wasn't you in your you living on the other side all i can say about that is is it was a very different experience when And I've never told anyone this, but he said something to me before he told me who he was. He said, when I first got there, he said, so where have you been? It's like, you know where I've been. I'm, I'm, I'm on earth. And he was, he was trying to make a joke. Like, where have you been? Yeah. Yeah. But I knew that he was a separate, a separate entity from me. Um, and I, I don't know how he didn't tell me that. But I just, I just knew that he was someone that had been with me my entire life from childhood all yeah. the way up to where I was now. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. part of your, part of your spiritual family spiritual team whatever you want to call yeah, that yeah um where have you been i love that so where have you been him knowing very well but just having a bit of a joke with you because exactly you know, that yep. that that thing that we experience as human called the forgetfulness that we don't remember our connection to who we are our multi-dimensional lives like that the veil that we're under i think that spirit guides yes. do they do have great jokes with us because they know that we're under the illusion of the veil and they kind of joke with us um I wanted to talk about the white light and the bypassing the white light tunnel. So from my experience, speaking with many people over the years, so John and I had a bit of a chat before we started the recording and he said, how long have you been doing this? And I said, well, speaking on radio and podcasting for around 12 years, but showcasing new world teachers for around 25 years. And obviously I work as a teacher yeah. and a psychic and medium and channel as well. So I've got, a, you know, I know a little, a couple of things. What I've noticed sure. is that people that are more, no, I don't want to use hierarchy, but more evolved. Let me say that they've, they're used to the earth experience. They kind of mastered the earth experience. Let's call it that. They're not a higher or lower, but they're kind of used to the earth experience. Don't necessarily need that experience of the traveling through a white light. That's more for people that are more entrenched in the idea that they are only human and that is it you know like maybe they've oh. not had as many earth experiences so as i've noticed that people are more again i don't want to use hierarchy but evolved as spiritual mm -hmm. teachers like you john sure. when they have their nde or their experiences with spirit it's an instantaneous thing there's no traveling i've had an experience like this and i said to my guides i didn't travel anywhere and they said to me, yeah, it's a matter of focus. You're either focused in this dimension or you're focused in that dimension. You're here and there simultaneously. Oh, it's just where you place your focus. Yeah. So being dead, wow. you know, you're focusing in another dimension. So that's the white light thing. Orientation counselors dispelling the veil of forgetfulness. She held his hands the whole time and he changed. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. loved listening to that because as you're, as you're describing that to me, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm witnessing it. And I'm chatting to my guides and I'm saying, as he, as she's connecting with his etheric body, because remember, he's not in his physical body. He's in his etheric body, yep. which is a copy. The etheric body is a copy of our physical yes. body. He is believing because thought creates reality. He's believing he's old and sick. And she's sort of helping him remember that he doesn't have to manifest that reality anymore so as she's exactly. holding him it's almost like her touching him in in our linear human perspective because you can do this energetically you don't need to sort of touch someone she's just she's reminding him she's just she's breaking him out of that veil of forgetfulness. I'm trying to find words for what I exactly no, yeah. that's absolutely that's exactly because he started to it was almost as if you could see him remembering where mm -hmm. he's from mm -hmm. the other side where home really is. Yeah. And that he, he he completed his lifetime. He's back home now and all as he starts to remember all that. Then he starts to change back to his real self. Right. Back. Well, back real I want to go into the real self too, because as I've been told by the mob, my guides, and we as souls or spirit understand that we are the creator of our reality. And so we can create anything. So if you're going to manifest a form, because remember, it's all energy and it's malleable, we can do this in our physical lives too. We just haven't mastered that yet because it's a lot harder in this denser environment. 
What would you want to look like? And most people would want to look like their younger, healthier selves when they felt at the peak of their physical health, which could be around 20, 30, 40. So I've heard that most people look around 20, 30, 40, like many people. So I saw grandma, but I didn't recognize her because she was like 27 or, you know, like, exactly. so we can manifest whatever we want to look like. And I don't think 30 is, you know, you said everyone looks 30. I don't think 30 is the the number. That's just a, that's just, um, yeah, we can look anything we want to look like. And, and I, exactly. and if we're trying to communicate with people still in the earth environment and we died as an old person, then we would manifest in their mind's eye in that older, you know, image because they need that mm-hmm. sort of recognition. So we can do anything from that perspective. Yeah. And from, That's this fantastic. Pers- and from this perspective, we're just learning about that as spirits in human form. Wow. So I love I this. didn't know that. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. Uh, can manifest anything. Big deal. I love that they said they had a big deal. It was a big deal when you were done, a big party, a big celebration. Like you've, it is. you've played the earth game and wow, isn't it hard? Wasn't it difficult? Like a big party on the other side. I loved yeah, that. Exactly. Like like they were congratulating you for having the having the, the guts to come down here because right. it's hard. There, it's, it is a hard place to be. Right. And as, as as wonderful as life can be, there are still, there are a lot of challenges. And I think it helps people to know that there is something more. And I'll tell you something that has really just been a blessing for me is I would get, I I get this probably once every couple of weeks, I will get moms who contact me and they ask me what happens to suicides? And they wanna know, is, are their sons okay? Did something happen to them? And, and I can truthfully tell them that they, they take them to healing centers on the other side yeah. where they love them. They give them counseling. They, they, there's nothing they, they don't get punished. There's no, there's no horrible crimes. There's no hell, nothing like that. And they're just loved until they get back to who they were, yeah. but nothing, nothing horrible happens to them. And I, and I'm, I'm just so blessed to be able to tear parents that. Wouldn't it be beautiful if we treated all people like that? We just love you until you remember who you really are. Like what we do in this world is that when you create a crime or you're bad or naughty or even try to kill yourself, mm-hmm. we kind of lock you up um, and examine your brain and lock you and incarcerate you yeah. You know, wouldn't it be amazing if all those people who have really, because you only do things like that because you've really forgotten who you are, right? If we yeah. just loved you enough to rem- that you remembered who you are, like one day, John, one that day. would be, we would have, we would have peace on earth. Absolutely. <laughs> I know it makes me cry. <laughs> I know it makes You're me absolutely cry. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this veil of forgetfulness, it's hard. Like imagine as because you know you've been there as a spirit you understand that you are powerful beyond measure and that you can manifest mm-hmm. anything you know what i was thinking and chatting to the mob about when you're experiencing this world as this reality sol- solid world they said it's a consensus reality it's a it's a creation of the many souls who are creating that world just like this world it's a consensus mm-hmm. reality so everything is energy. 
Like when you look at quantum yeah. physics, everything is energy and information. And then we're focusing and molding that energy through our belief systems, through our thoughts. And that world was a consensus reality like this world. It's like the people that live, that are there, are creating that world through their thoughts. And, but mm -hmm. and it, there's a consensus reality. It's kind of like you as a aspect of your soul, human form, having that experience. You weren't creating it. You were experiencing it, right? Right. Like, but yep. it, it was created and then you were you were tuning into that consensus reality. Is this making sense? It's exactly like a yeah. You know, it's it's that's something that people ask me a lot. They'll they they and I don't understand this either. I don't understand how there's form. I mean, right. everything that I saw was real. I mean, I I touched yeah. I touched that marble and it was like yeah touching marble here. And yeah, it was. I, I've heard some people say that, you know, we're just orbs of light and energy, but that that's not what I saw. I saw yeah. people that look just like we do is every kind of race, every color, every yeah. ethnicity and people wearing different clothes. And it was, it was just, there's such a, a diversity there. Yeah. And as, so souls, it, it was, as souls, we can experience the consensus and enjoy it or we can create a completely different environment. Like if there is something there that you want to do that's not created from the collective consensus, you can create it. Have you ever seen uh, or looked at Eric channeling, the channeling Eric phenomena? And Eric is, a again, one of uh. the young men who killed, he killed himself at 20 and his mother was, a, was an atheist. And, and long story short, he's a spirit guide that channels through many mediums and he's written through a medium, Jamie Butler, he's written about his experience dying and being on the other side and what he experiences over there. And it's very similar to no, what I, I never heard of them. And uh, he said, if you want to, you can create anything you want to create. You can get a few people together and create a whole world scenario and experience it yeah. as real as real. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. We're powerful creators, right? And that's that's what we forget when we come to earth. We totally forget that we're creating all of it. It just looks like yeah. it's all happening to us. We don't, we just don't remember we're a part of the consensus. We are a part of the reality that we're, yeah. Anyway, let me get you to know the something. questions. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go on. You go on. You know, something. I was going to tell you that one of the most extraordinary things when I was in that stadium that, that had the, uh, there was the planetarium and oh, he yeah. was showing me the different planets, all the different planets. There are, it, it's, it, you can't even wrap your head around how large the universe is. Yeah. When I got back after my experience, my NDE, I got back and I did a little research on astronomy. Did you know that astronomers think there are estimating 200 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy? Just like our sun, our sun is a star. Every star we can see is part of the Milky Way galaxy. Well, if there are 200 billion stars in just the Milky Way, they were saying that means there are millions of possible inhabited planets just in the Milky Way. And there are countless galaxies. So you try to put your head around that, you're like, oh my gosh, it is absolutely unlimited. and it's it's hard for the human mind to grasp 
how large the universe is because there's there's no brick wall you run into at the end of the universe it just it's just eternal and that just blew my mind i i, I had the it was such an amazing realization to 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 know that this is not the only place there are multiple multiple millions of planets and things to learn and to grow that you would never ever get bored absolutely dying one absolutely and i'm doing my best to speak to as many people as possible who have had experiences of those other worlds uh because yeah i asked my guides once have i been on other planets and they said seriously karen do you think you're any less curious as a soul as you are as a human you've been everywhere you've explored. <laughs> not everywhere oh, that's, that's not everywhere wonderful. but you've explored a lot and i said huh and again i'm human i don't remember right i don't remember but um i wanted to ask you to how how that changed you like coming back you're a 21 year old but also i've written down this story when you saw your life review did you see anything in the 21 years on earth as you were witnessing your life that also changed you you know like what did you witness like oh like look at me doing that and look at me oh i could do better or maybe i could you know like did you see anything that changed you watching your life review and i wouldn't say that i don't think the life review changed me i i think the the fact that we have that there's there's so much more to life than we know and it's not about religion religion is humankind's construct to try to understand the divine but not there's there's a little bit of truth right. in all religions but not all the truth right and what i came back with was i didn't have the same religiosity that i had before my near-death experience i i wasn't yeah imprisoned anymore by catholicism because right. it's the other side god all of that is far beyond a particular religion and religion in all of its dogma has created so much guilt for people and so much fear mm -hmm. that people don't they need to know that that isn't real that like there is no hell mm -hmm. god didn't create a hell to throw his creations into and people don't know that. And so one of the things that I came back with after that, after I was in that field and I saw Jesus, what I got from him was absolute love. And he's your best friend. He has absolutely no judgment on anybody. And he knows what it's like to be here on earth because he was yeah. on earth too. Yeah. And he is, I, I just felt from him that there was no judgment. There was no, only only acceptance, total oh, acceptance. I want to tell you something that reminded me when you, hearing your experience. Jamie Butler, who was channeling Eric, who was the 20-year-old that had killed himself, was channeling Jesus one day. So his, so Eric, the mother of um, Elisa, the mother of uh, Eric, um, put Jamie on a podcast show and asked her a million questions, you know, talking to Eric on the other side, but asked her a million questions about the other side and about, you know, and, and interviews people, you know, dead people and people like Jesus. Anyway, so they're talking to Jesus, which was the very first show I found of them. And she asks, why did you come to earth and what did, you know, what was your message to humanity? And Jesus says yeah. through Jamie, 
to teach people about the reality of the afterlife. Oh, wonderful. That's wonderful because it gives people hope. Right. And, you know, with your message going right down to the end, there is no death. There is no death. Yeah. So I had never heard anybody say that that was Jesus's main message, you know, like there is God and I'm the son of God and all this sort of stuff um, to teach people about the reality of the afterlife and that there is no death. And that was the message given to me by all my friends that died that like, you know, dozens of them came back to me and said, including my mother, you know, there's no death. I'm not dead. There's no such thing as death. And I wrote a book about it. Yeah. That's wonderful. How, How good for you. So that we really align with that message. Yeah, we really align with that message. Where am I up to? I've written down a million questions. Life review, what did you see that changed you? I asked you that question. So you've explored many lives, uh, including a spiritual monastic life. Um, Yeah. uh, Did you see any past lives in your hypnosis therapy uh, session that you didn't see when you're on the other side? Did you explore more? Yeah, they were... I, I had three different lifetimes altogether. I didn't, they were totally separate, totally different lifetimes than the, one, than the ones I saw when I had my near-death experience. So that's what made me realize that, you know, this isn't just a one-time thing. You can have as many lifetimes as you want. So I, I, they just showed me three. And I, I think that was what, when I had that, that really solidified for me that my experience was real. And I was really on the other side. And then we do have past lifetimes. Some people like to have a lot of lifetimes and some people only have only have a handful. It just depends on what they want to learn. Absolutely. Something else that you said too is that um, you think everybody has a soulmate, but usually they don't come to earth with you. Why do you think yes. that is? I think because we come here to an imperfect world. And the idea is to grow and to learn and to develop. Well, one of the areas that we learn and to develop are also with relationships. And if you come into life with your perfect soulmate, you never have any kind of, there's nothing to ever grow through, nothing to ever learn from. And on on earth, it seems like, at least in my experience and people that I've talked to, when you go through through something hard, something tough, that's where you learn the most. If you had a, if you had your soulmate here with you in your lifetime, you wouldn't learn about a, a lot about relationships or about yourself because you have the perfect mate. You would never go through a divorce. You would never go through a breakup. You wouldn't have anything like that. And one of the most important lessons that we learn here is learning relationships and learning about kindness and love and being compassionate to people. And that's why we don't have our God or have our spirit or um, our soulmate with us is because you wouldn't really learn that much having them with you. And, And what I tell people sometimes is if you wanted to keep that perfect relationship, you would just stay on the other side. You would never come in here in the first place. So that's the reason is that they they usually don't come in with you. Fabulous answer. <laughs> I love that. I think. That, oh, I can't hear you. Oh, there you go. Okay. I think that the whole concept of soulmate is a bit of a, a human linear perspective, but I understand what you mean that 
I think everyone on the other side is your soulmate because we're so connected and so in love and, you know, like, um, yeah. but I, I understand what you mean by soulmate. Yeah. Love that answer. Okay. I had down the question, why do you think we come to earth? And you've answered that quite beautifully in much of what you've said. Why do you think you came to earth this time? Like this life, this life as John you know, I, Davis. I, I have wondered about that a lot. And mm-hmm. I think it was to learn. One of the things that has been the greatest challenge for me in this lifetime is that I was born with learning disabilities. I have learning disabilities that make it really hard for me to learn certain things. Not not everything, but there are things that just make it, I just take a lot longer. I have to be shown something and with jobs, it's been really hard with work, trying to learn new things. And I think that was probably one of the main reasons I came in was to experience what it's like to have that because that has been something that I have struggled with my entire life. And I have certainly gotten smarter by reading and studying and going to college, which I never thought I could do, but it's just been one of those things in my life that has been a struggle for me. And I I think that, trying to get through that, trying to learn what it's like to have disabilities has taught me a lot. And I think that's probably one of the main things that I came here for. I would love to say that, oh, I, I have this um, these goals that I came into life for that, but I, I, don't, I don't know if I really had that. I just think I had the major component of my lifetime was learning disabilities to learn. Because I had, a, especially in elementary school, I really, really had a hard time. I had a hard childhood up until, and I, I didn't go back to college till I was 28 because I, I didn't think I could. Nobody in my family had ever gone to college. So I, I didn't even think that was a possibility for me. Gosh, I've got so much to say to that, John. Well, um, you talk about learning difficulties but learning from a 3d linear logical perspective doesn't necessarily mean that you can't learn because you know a lot of the new kids that are coming in are exactly like that they can't do 3d school and I was one of those kids call me dyslexic or whatever but they have these amazing psychic abilities they're so creative and when they're passionate about something they're just geniuses you know like we put we box our intelligence into the way that, you know, logical 3D sort of rote learning. Um, I couldn't rote learn. Like having a good memory doesn't necessarily mean you're smart. Seriously. That's true. I mean, can, yeah. you, can you create something out of nothing? Can you come up with, can you tap into your genius and your creative ability? That doesn't, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, yeah. Like when I was That's listening wonderful. to. I didn't. When I was listening to your story too, you're really interested in history, right? I love history. Yeah. You know, I felt that that woman that you met was an aspect of you or an aspect of your soul on the other side that was the um, historian, the scholar. You called her the scholar. I, I really felt that you were seeing an aspect of you on the other side. Uh, I really felt you were. Oh, that could be. Yeah. And, you know, who we are on the other side doesn't mean it's the same as what we're exploring here on Earth. 
um, but we have the same interests like you know what you're passionate yes. about what you're interested in you know it sort of correlates sure. but it's not exactly the same um yeah. yeah yeah so yeah interesting that's so interesting the part that fascinated me was the holodeck experience i, oh, I know that isn't that amazing amazing i had someone do on you the remember show. do you remember um the series star trek next generations I don't know if you had that there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, right God. We got they everything a, here. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the holodeck, that, that is, that's what it's like. Mm -hmm. I don't know how, I don't know how they actually go about doing it, but you can step into like a holodeck kind of like that and, and see, and see history. And that's what's something I was just, it was like being in a Harry Potter movie. It was magical. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole experience was just magical, and seeing that you can go into history and see what it was like, it was just phenomenal. And that's that's something I I cannot wait to get back and to experience that again because there's so many things I'd like to see. Well, we're starting as humans to explore this technology, um, consciousness technology, but we're starting to explore it with hardware technology. You know, through the what do you call the thing you put on your face and you feel like you're there? What do you call it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I know what you're thinking of. You know, the Facebook guys um, are into it. 3D, whatever it's called. 3D, what do you call that? Virtual anyway. reality. Virtual reality, thank you. Virtual reality. Yeah. But I had a guy on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, Paul Ham, Paul Hamden, who's an extraterrestrial contactee. Uh, um, he talks with the Zetas. And he has been in and also creates what he calls... Um, SQEs, synthetic quantum environments. And when he was explaining it to me, he said, I said, is it kind of like the holodeck? And he said, or and he and Cyan, his partner said, it's the closest thing we can come to explaining what we're experiencing. So you're, you're using wow. energy and information and thought form to create a synthetic environment like it's a reality, like you're in it, like the holodeck. And he said he's done it in his home with a group of people wow. and they all felt like they were inside an um, uh, a, an extraterrestrial craft spaceship for a better word no kidding. You know, yeah so we're, again you know everything like jesus says as above so below everything that you can do there you can do here it's just a lot harder because mm -hmm. we're working with yeah. forgetfulness we're working with denser energy slower energy we're working with Absolutely. belief system limiting belief system so it's a lot harder but it's all possible and mm -hmm. jesus was somebody that knew he could do what you could do there and did it so he did what we deemed as miracles you know like turning water into yep. wine and in instant healing and all that stuff you know like he understood yeah. it yeah so yeah the holodeck experience is just anyway i said paul's going to come to sydney because he lives way up the top of australia and i said yeah let's let's create some sqes some synthetic quantum environments oh it's exciting that would be amazing that would be yeah. so amazing would that be cool yeah, so I just it, love when, that. You know, something that um, something when I when I got back from my NDE, I went through a horrible, horrible depression. Yeah. Because I didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. I did not want to. The whole idea of thinking, oh my gosh, I have all of these years to live. How am I supposed to do that, <laughs> knowing what right. I know? Right. Right. And that was that was a hard thing for me to to have to to be here. And the only thing that really saved me was what Jesus said, that you must tell them there is no death. 
So that helped me a lot, even, even in the darkest times where I thought, I just don't want to be here. This place is hard. That's, that's encouraged me. That gave me the courage to keep going on and, and sharing my story. And just like, just like that guy, Paul, he, um, he knows. And just like you, you know about the other side. You know that there's so much more to what we see here. And you can be a light to people. Just like, like you are on your show. So what you do is a beautiful thing. Oh, thank you, darling one. And I also know that we are there now. It's not a, it's yeah. not a, it's not a matter of here and there, because that is the linear time I- illusion is that we die. We're here for a period of 60, 70, 80, 90 years, whatever. And yeah. then we die and then we're here. That's the illusion that there is this here and there and time where we're here and there simultaneously. In fact, we're here and there and we're living all our past lives and future lives all simultaneously because there is no such thing as time, which is so hard for us who are entrenched in this linear time to wrap our heads around. But That's a good word, entrenched. Entrenched. When I think about it, uh, because I've had periods where I've like, ah, just get me out of here. I want to go home. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then my guides have like, sorted out because that's a negative thought right and that's what we indulge in here on planet earth yeah. negative they they say to me you're already home and when you when you stop experiencing this earth experience you'll look upon it from your broader perspective and see the magnificence and the beauty of what you're doing here and how exciting yeah. this experience is all you need that's to a do, wonderful way to describe that yeah from your from your human perspective is to remember that spiritual perspective that you know, there is no there and here. You're here and there simultaneously. And that that, there was, en- um, that energy that you experience, that love that you experience, that excitement and joy and love and wonder, and yeah. oh, you can have those same feelings here. You just have to focus your thoughts. Yeah, go on. What were you going to say? That's, that's fantastic. I've got to work on that. <laughs> we all got to, <laughs> darling one, we've all got to work on that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So much to learn, huh? Yeah, how to focus our thoughts. That that's it. You know, when we can focus our thoughts like Jesus, we can create anything it, with focused yeah. thought. It's just a matter of focusing our yeah. thoughts, turning a limiting thought thoughts into are, an expanded thought. What were you gonna say? You were gonna say are, I was gonna say thoughts are extraordinarily powerful. We can we can create things through our thoughts. Absolutely. They're just so powerful. We're creating all of it through our thoughts. So you talked about the planetarium and looking at the cosmos. I think we've explored that. I wanted to sort of drag that out more, but I don't know if was there much more to say about it. The Milky Way, the Milky Way galaxy. And I think we've done that. Um, I think I've asked you this question. Who were you before your NDE and who were you after? So you were depressed after, but when you weren't indulging in the longing to return there, how did it change you? Like, who were you before? So you were quite um, close-minded. Yeah, what well, I, yeah, I was, I was very, because I was raised Catholic. I was super skeptical. That's probably the that was the okay. hardest thing that I had to get over was the was the skepticism okay. and the belief. And I, I always believed that I'd always believed in God. Right. I just didn't know all the details. Yeah. I never knew had any of the details. So I. After before my experience, I was very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what's in the Bible. This is what is true, and there's 
nothing else besides that. Right. Well, after I had my experience and I got back, my mind was just blown open with mm -hmm. the reality of there is so much more that we forget when we come here. So I just became not religionistic, but much more spiritually based. Beautiful. Um, of, of kindness, of love, of trying to help other people, because that's that's what they're interested in. Like if 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 you were to go to the other side and see God, they ask you, they don't care about what you did for a living, how much money you had, did you have a big house, did you have a what kind of car you drove? They only ask you, what did you do with the life I gave you? Who did you help? That's what's important to them. Everything else is completely meaningless. So that's something that I have tried to work on a lot is trying to help people remember that this isn't all there is. This is only a small, like a drop in the ocean of reality. And there was so much more in the materialistic part of it. I used to think that was important before my NDE, that that's what determined a person's success, but it's not. There is success with family, success with health, success with your business. That's only one aspect of it. But your spirituality, that's a huge aspect. Yeah. And there's just there is such an emphasis here on earth that you aren't a success unless you have a lot of money. And that's just not true. People need to remember that that's only a small part of life and it, it doesn't really have any basis on your spiritual growth. And that's what's important. Oh, something that I've always thought was so awesome. Do you know who Denzel Washington is? Yeah. Yeah. I read, I watched him on a show and he said something I've never forgotten. He said, you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse because you can't take anything with you. You know what a hearse is? It's, I don't know if they have them there. Yeah, that what you ca carry coffins with. Is that exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you, you can't, <laughs> you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse because <laughs> you can't take anything with you except yeah. who you are, what you learn, your character, your love, your compassion, all that goes with you, but nothing else does. So that's something that I learned, I think was the most important aspect that I learned was there was so much more and I want to live a spiritual life, a life of kindness and, and compassion and help, yeah. helping whoever I can. Just like what you do, same thing. Oh, darling one. Well, you know, you were talking before about learning, um, learning disabilities and, and uh, you know, we put so much pressure on kids, people to be intelligent, oh, yeah. to get good grades, to go to college. I can't tell you how many American shows I watch that, you know, push the agenda that you've got to go to college. It's the only thing to do. And if you don't, you're an idiot. No, 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 no. But yeah. kindness is so much more important than intellect. You know, kind, oh, yeah, I agree. Kindness and loving. Absolutely it. agree. Even Einstein, one of the most celebrated intellectual, you know, geniuses said, logic will take you so far. Imagination will take you everywhere. Yeah, yeah like that. I believe that too. Yeah, wow. And we, Absolutely. as humans, you know, up until now, let's not make it solid, but up until now, haven't put so much importance on people's uh, imagination, creative ability, and um, and kindness and love. 
Yeah. Because creativity comes through the alignment with joy and love and peace and, you know, speak to, speak to writers who have blocks because they're trying to intellectualize it and then they relax and they sort of have a good time and then it starts to flow again. You know, that, yeah, yeah that kindness, the kindness gene. Oh, darling, I'm loving this. We've been talking forever. Have I got through all my questions? Man in the white robes? I think we have. Why do you think many Wonderful. people are seeking this knowledge? Yeah, so that was a question I put down. Uh, you know, as I said, on the Jeff Myra podcast, your, your, and many people have started podcasts specifically about near-death experiences or afterlife topics. And I have found with my podcast, which has been exploring consciousness and our powers of creation, the biggest views I've gotten over the years have been about NDEs. So why do you think so many people are looking for this knowledge? And you said that you have more Australians than anyone reaching out to you. You know, yeah, yeah, you I questions. really do. Oh, that was really interesting. It, it's, it seems like I, I think people get to a point in their lifetimes where they where they think, is this all there is? I think from my experience, it seems like when people experience someone who passed, when they lose a loved one, whether it's a parent or friends, that that makes them start thinking. Before, it seems like so many people are just interested in themselves you know, what they're supposed to do with their lives, what they, you know, their interests, their goals, and, and people are very self-centered. And I think when somebody passes, somebody crosses over, I think it starts a lot of them thinking, there, there's, what happened? What's, how did this all happen? What, there's got to be more to this. And I remember when I was 11 years old, we, my, my grandmother, or my great-grandmother died, and we went to, we went to her funeral, and they had an open casket and we all walked in front of the casket to say our final goodbyes. And I remember thinking, this is not everything that she was. It's an, there's no way that everything that she was, her sense of humor, her, um, her loves, her passions, that, that just doesn't die. There's gotta be more. So I always wanted to know. I always wanted to know what was what there was outside of this life, because there had to be more. And I think people, when they get to that point and they realize, okay, I've I've done everything that you're supposed to do with your life. I have a job. I have a family. I've got a house. You know, I'm doing all the things that we're supposed to do that people tell you you're supposed to do, but they're not fulfilled. That there's so much more that people start searching. And I think that catalyst only happens when somebody crosses over. And that's kind of what starts the whole thing, at least in my experience. Well, I absolutely agree. And I agree so much. We put out a, a book called Awakened by Death, which was people's, oh, yeah. people's spiritual transformation through the death experience, me being one of them because mom died when I was a teenager. And I started asking. Oh, questions. she did? Yeah. Like, what did she, go? What did she cross from? Oh, cancer. Yeah. Complications oh, that's that's horrible. Yeah. Well, not really, John. I mean, it, not really. It was it was greatly expanded. She's back. She's an adult again. You know, because that was a long time oh. ago, forty years ago. It's like oh. life is eternal, and we can play in many different realities, and we can yeah. come back. And uh, when she was a baby, my guides told me it was her, and um, I've watched her grow up, and I've watched her fulfill many of the desires unfulfilled as my mother, and. Um, oh, you know, and, and I continue to watch her and, and knowing who she is and who she was and, um, 
she doesn't know that I know. I think she has a, an idea, but yeah. uh, I was asked not to tell her until she's ready. Um, because oh, sure. the fact that we forget is there's a reason that we don't remember um, until until we do, you know, until we're ready. But uh, yeah, one of the other questions I had written down is um, you said that all the buildings on the other side were built before they were built on Earth. And um, everything, as I was chatting, as I was listening to you, I was chatting to the guides and they were reminding me that because everything is thought energy, everything manifests on the subtler realms, on the thought realms, before it manifests in the denser realms, like everything, mm -hmm. everything. Everything is created in yeah. the etheric. Um, Esther Hicks from the teachings of Abraham, or Abraham says through yes. Esther, it's like a, vib a vibrational escrow. It's like you imagine it, it's created in an etheric realm. It's sitting there waiting for you to align with it. And when you align with it, then it can manifest in the denser realms. And um, yes. yeah, and so you talking about how all the buildings are already there before they were here on earth was just that reminder that it's all created on the subtler realms before yeah. we, we bring it into the earth experience. Yeah. Exactly. Yep, exactly. I loved that. And um, why do you want to revisit D-Day? I think because what those men did back then, they were scared to death, but they they did what they knew they had to do. And I would just like to see what that's like, to see the kind of bravery that those men must have had to storm a beach and to, to try to fight evil and to do their part to make a difference in the world. I just would like to know what that felt like. I just have such a, I'm in so in awe of knowing that they were scared to death, but they did it anyway. I think that's what attracts me to that. I've got to say, I don't know too much about D-Day, but do you think that your fascination with D-Day is because you were one of those men? You know what? I have thought about that before <laughs> and that's, Mm -hmm. That's possible. I know that my my wife's dad was in the Civil War because ever since he was a little kid, he loved to learn about the Civil War. Mm -hmm. He was a, a total history buff about the Civil War. So I am I'm convinced that he was there, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's something you can can explore. Uh, you don't have to die because you said um, when I die, I'm going to go back to that to that place of history and the scholar and I'm going to look at D-Day and I'm thinking you don't have to die to do that you can do that in hypnosis you can do that in meditation you don't even have to have a yeah. hypnosis you can do that if you want yeah. to if you want to if you want to the field of flowers I loved the field of flowers where you saw Jesus the field of flowers oh it was I've never been able to describe how beautiful it really was it's yeah. I, I just, I, I've never, if I've never even seen him looks like it's just, it's beyond, we don't have the words to describe it. It's yeah. just so beautiful. And it's so the feeling that you have, Oh, something I wanted to tell you too. On the other side, you can feel God's love for you. You can feel how much he cherishes each and every one of us. And on the earth, you can't feel that. I don't know why that is, but we just don't have the same kind of feeling when you're on earth. It's like you're in a war and you're in a foxhole without a radio. 
That's what it feels like here. But on the other side, you can feel God. And I think that's something that we miss terribly while we're here. It's like that, that's like that longing in your soul for that kind of feeling, that kind of relationship, that, that spirituality. So that, that's something that I forgot to mention, but you can feel God when you're over there. Well, I'm chatting to the mob and I said, is that true? And they said, well, you, you, you can actually. Uh, it's just that it becomes um, sort of small, spontaneous moments in your life where there it's like a constant yeah. feeling. And here yes. you can hit that feeling when you're, you know, when you're falling in love, when you're patting the cat and you're just having a moment. Um, yes. You know, that you, hit, you can hit that peak experience and you can expand it. But we're so marinating in the fear experience here that our default setting is this sort of, like low drone and then there it's like a heightened yeah. chorus yeah but um yeah that's that, a wonderful that, way to describe it <laughs> that's what spiritual uh the journey of spirit is all about is 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 melding those peak experience so they become a more dominant uh, expression of who you are yeah exactly yeah that's the challenge we give ourselves is to is to jump into this experience and then to remember that love and then try yeah, and, man yep. and try and maintain it yeah, for longer periods exactly. of time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the test. That's, that's the challenge. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's why we come, you know, and, and you were talking about when you were saying how beautiful and I want to be there and everything's so wonderful. And I was thinking as I was listening, yeah, but everything being wonderful gets boring after a while. And then you want to challenge yourself. Yes. Do you, do you exactly. know what I mean? And then you go, oh, I know let, exactly what you mean. Let me do the earth yeah. experience. That looks really challenging <laughs> or another yeah. experience. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Mm -hmm. Oh, dang. I don't think I've got any more questions. I can't believe I've got through all of them. I think we've been talking for about two hours, but it's. This, is, this has been wonderful. I loved every minute of it. Dying one. I've loved every minute of it too. You're, you're, you're amazing. You're, you're beautiful. And, uh, you know, I really Thank feel, you. I really feel like you're a, you know, like a spiritual master disguised as an ordinary person. And I think that, you know, really, because yeah. I think that there are many like you on this earth that are here to bring a message, to bring this message without looking like a guru or a priest or, you know, just to be one of the crowd, one of the crowd. So yeah. people can really relate to you. You're just like me. And if, you know, you've had that experience, so can I, and you don't have to die to do it. Oh, yeah. Good. I'm yeah. so glad you said that. Yeah. Thank so, you very much. Thank, thank you for inviting you. me. Thank you so much for being on the show. Any last messages you, you want to leave with people? Just to know that hope is eternal. And anyone that you lost, you'll be with them again when you cross. No one's ever lost. Isn't John such a lovely man? It was so gorgeous to speak with him. I loved his experience. Just it's so lined up with so much of the information that I've had from other people on the show. I was telling him about Garnet and what Garnet has seen, you know, who Garnet is. He's one of my favorite. I've had him on the show at least eight or 10 times. He reached out to me about six or seven years ago to share his experiences. And he'd only written two or three books then. And he's like put out five of his experiences with Albert, his spirit guide who flies him around the cosmos in his um, etheric astral body and shows him many things. But he has taken him to a place that he calls a gladia, which, which he calls the spirit side, which is exactly the description of John's heaven. Exactly. 
exactly. It's great to have that cooperation, collaboration, isn't it? Cooperation between people. Uh, but my guides have said that, you know, this is not the afterlife. This is just a place you can experience in the afterlife. And just like the cosmos is full of infinite places that you can explore and experience, so are the dimensions of the afterlife, infinite places you can explore and experience. And this have heaven realm that Garnet called a gladia, a gladia, a gladia, and that John knows as heaven or the other side is one of the many places but it sounds like a fun place right we can still have this human experience we're in our human bodies we look young we're healthy it's like a physical experience and we can dance and sing and look at history and wow life is a journey of infinite possibility and when i say life i'm not just talking about physical life life is life is life and like jesus says there is no death what did he say um there is no death. Tell them. Go back and tell them there is no death. There is no death. There is no death. There is just this experience and a trillion more other experiences that you can have. This is just one place you can put your focus and where you place your focus, you experience. Yeah, it's warming, isn't it? This world is in a magnificent world. I love it. It's pouring with rain. Again, it's been pouring with rain here in Sydney. We've had the wettest year on record. Uh, um, we've had this uh, thunderstorms for the last I don't know, few days, you know, week, another, it's going to be another week or two of rain and thunderstorms and we're flooding down under in Sydney, lots of people flooding, all my friends that are living near the Colo River flooding, oh my god, they've had so many floods this year, but with all the dramas and problems we experience, it's still an exciting place to be. I was thinking as John was talking, when you're in that place where everything's beautiful and perfect, that going through a flood and losing everything might, you know, might sound exciting to you because you can't experience it there. I mean, you can create it, imagine it, but to have this physical experience, it might feel really exciting. I do believe that souls from that perspective um, really want all the experiences that we experience in the earth dimension. It's really wanted. It's really wanted. John was so lovely when he was concerned that my mother had passed when I was a teenager. And, you know, one of the things that we worry and stress about the most is death. But when you see someone die and then reincarnate and then watch them fulfill all their desires that they didn't fulfill in that lifetime, you just stop worrying about the death experience, which I do. I'm kind of like an alien on this planet because I don't have any trauma around death at all. When my father died, God, how many years ago? Over 10, 15 years ago, I had no trauma at his passing. Not that we were that close because he'd been married three times and he was closer to his third family. But at the same time, I knew that there, there is no separation. There's no separation. And I could talk to him on the other side and, oh, actually, yeah. And he'd come back. He'd probably be back in my lifetime. And he is, in fact, he's a baby. Um I saw a baby picture and I knew exactly, again, like my mother, I knew it was him. Baby picture from a, a relative. And uh, yeah, so when you understand that there is no death and that we, we're never, we never lose anybody and there can be no loss, then you stop stressing over the death experience, which so many of us stress about. And I think I asked John that question. Why do you think so many people are interested in afterlife exploration and near-death experiences i think it is to learn that you know to to come to that realization to to um dissolve the trauma that we all feel 
around the death experience, the grieving and the feeling of loss and the feeling of separation. That feeling of separation is not the truth of who we are. We are, every relationship is an eternal relationship. We are connected through all time and space, always and forever. There cannot be separation. And death is one of the things that gives us the illusion that we are separate from the ones we love. And yet we're not. And we, every night when we're in our astral form and etheric bodies and we leave this earthly experience, when we sleep, we are reunited with our loved ones and we hang out with them. We just don't remember that for the most part. Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. I've spoken to many people, including myself, or spoken to my, who have these vivid experiences of being with, um, you know, our dead friends on the other side in what we perceive as dreams. We're there, we're with them, we're hanging out with them, chatting to them, doing what we would do in this lifetime. Yeah, it ceases to have that drama, that death thing. Um, I do, there's a couple of people who just passed away the other day, someone I had on the show, Valerie Barrow, who was in her 90s, bless her heart. She passed away the day before yesterday. And, um, you know, when I hear that, I always go, oh, you know, there's always this like, oh, they've left. <laughs> there's always this shock. And then I sort of settle back into, oh, they finished this earth experience and they're home again. Oh, I bet they're enjoying that perspective. And, you know, I start to think about the afterlife and it dissolves any trauma I feel over the passing of somebody. Um, you might say, but wait until it happens to you and it's somebody that you love. <laughs> well, it has happened to me multiple of times of people I love, I've loved and adored, be it family members or best friends. It's happened to me so often. And yes, I did experience the trauma of grief and loss. And it kept asking me questions. It kept, kept me asking questions and um, seeking, you know, answers to that feeling of loss. And, you know, one of my best friends, I think she was the one I grieved about the most killed herself and um i had extensive experiences with her in, in other realms it's like every night when i'd fall asleep i'd sort of wake up from my in my sleeping body and see her sitting on the bed waiting for me to fall asleep it was like oh, okay you're here in my realm now yeah anyway there is no death there is no death can we say it again there is no death there is no death there is only life and more life and more life and more life and life life love you all thank you again for listening and watching it's next week claudia edge who also had an nde uh, is going to be our guest in the inner sanctum and speaking about she goes to spirit school every night well we all do but she comes back into her physical body and remembers just like john remembered his nde very vividly and she passes on those lessons that she calls spirit school and she's got some great wisdom to share with us. And uh, she had an amazing NDE as well. And um, oh, actually, she didn't have such an amazing NDE. That's right. She thought that her NDE was pretty boring compared to the rest. That's right. That's what she said. And she was sort of like, why did I have such a boring NDE? And then she had these experiences of spirit school when she was sleeping at night and remembering them. And that's kind of her message to the world, her spirit school, after she was initiated through her NDE experience and, and put her on that spiritual quest. And she started watching everybody like John, reading books and watching everybody else's. And she started comparing herself to others and feeling like she wasn't doing enough or didn't have enough information and, you know, asking it as given. So when she was asking for more information, she got it. <laughs> and she's got she's great she's wonderful she's coming into the inner sanctum this month so join us as i say you can join us on zoom and quiz her 
and or you can join us live I, I do them live on the facebook and youtubes too but it's nice to see you on zoom it's nice to see your faces i love seeing your faces and i'm on every month once a month now I used to be on every week but once a month now you can join the inner sanctum and talk to me and quiz me or, or meet the other people and share your experiences and quiz each other and we have a good old chat chin wag on zoom it's great all right big love to you all remember if you haven't checked out the book awakened by death please do so the cat's just about to jump on me hi puss and um, <laughs> here he comes and uh yeah love you big time thanks again for listening and watching bye for now